Welcome to Training for Godliness, the podcast program of Spiritual Fitness Ministries of Greenwood, South Carolina. I'm your host, Chaplain Gray. I hope you had a chance to listen to our latest series of episodes called A Special Strength, featuring three guests who are part of the first responder community. At the conclusion of each of those interviews, we discussed how a community can support first responders. One guest actually serves those public servants as a chaplain. In today's episode, I want to introduce you to a path where you can serve in your community. Chaplaincy is a calling. Exactly what is a chaplain? How do you go about becoming a chaplain? We'll have answers to those questions and more today. My guest is Brian Gunther. Brian serves as the treasurer and CFO and executive director of CORES for the International Fellowship of Chaplains. He is a licensed paramedic in the state of Texas, serving over 22 years. He now serves as his department's chaplain and occupies an administrative role in the department. So, let's listen in to this week's conversation with my special guest. Okay, so my guest today on our podcast, as we look further into serving the servants uh, with our public servants uh, in our communities, is Brian Gunther, and he is with the uh, uh, International Fellowship of Chaplains out of uh, Texas, and um, he is uh, uh, one of those that is uh, working with chaplains all over the country. And so we wanted to kind of go into, you know, how to become a chaplain. And, and I'm sure people got questions about, well, I, you know, I've not been to seminary, I've not done this or that, but I think I think there's a really good way to to kind of calm some fears about some of those things and. And we'll get into that a little bit. So, um, Brian, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do with IFOC. Well, certainly. I'm IFOC's chief financial officer, and I'm also their executive director, of course. So I help encourage uh, leadership in the organization and the connection through the through the course that our chaplains exist in. Um, personally, I've, I've been a career first responder. I still work as a chaplain with many police, fire, and EMS agencies in the area where I live, and me and my wife work in IFOC's headquarters. That is great. That's great. Now, is IFOC uh, an organization that's been around for a while? Is it a, um, it's well-versed in, in this uh, this kind of, kind of work? Absolutely. So the International Fellowship of Chaplains is a Christian ministry. We're a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, originally founded um, in the 1990s, 1997 is when it was originally incorporated and reincorporated again under a larger ministry a few years ago. And its purpose mm-hmm. is to train, credential, connect, and help deploy chaplains to impact a, a hurting world. So our chaplains mm-hmm. are well-trained professional folks who work and volunteer in their communities with first responder organizations in the marketplace where they work and also uh, in disasters where part of the National Voluntary Organizations Active and Disaster Group, which is the, the groups that FEMA partners with in carrying out their response operations. 
We're an international mm-hmm. ministry with over 1,700 chaplains in the U.S., and we also have additional chaplains serving in seven other nations who include communist China and Vietnam. Uh, we're known internationally, wow. again, as our parent ministry, Frontline Chaplains International. Um, and mm-hmm. then here in the United States, we're still known as the International Fellowship of Chaplains, or IFOC. Great. Super. Well, you know, the first thing that, that I thought about when I started hearing about chaplains was, you know, your your typical uh, you know, military chaplain, you know, or mm-hmm. or uh, something, you know, from from uh, the movies or or you know, occasionally I'd hear about a a police chaplain. But what what really is a chaplain in, in terms of what ILPC is is trying to accomplish? Sure. So chaplaincy can mean a couple different things. You mentioned military chaplaincy. We have uh, chaplains who are you know, masters of divinity graduates who serve primarily in some of the larger hospital chains. But uh, a chaplain is is a type of minister. Now, a chaplain and a pastor, minister, or priest are somewhat different from each other, uh, where mm-hmm. pastors or ministers usually work within a church and primarily with the people who attend that church. Chaplains are people who work almost exclusively outside the, fall, the four walls of the church. And our desire okay. is to really help people through some of the worst days of their lives and we get to work with people who oftentimes would never be found inside of a church, at least at that point in time. Um, mm. We train in things like critical incident stress management, uh, grief and loss, trauma, and in many other areas to help serve people, again, usually having a very difficult day. So mm-hmm. a chaplain really is a spiritual person who seeks to meet people's practical needs first. So mm-hmm. we don't evangelize or proselytize necessarily with our words, but we usually serve people with practical help that meets their immediate needs. We work on keeping people's hearts soft and whole. And right. at some point, if there's a gospel message that can interact with them, whether it's from us or someone else down the road, that they will encounter a, someone who's been able to process through some of the most difficult days of their lives, in part because of the help that we can offer them. Uh, mm-hmm. Chaplains also connect people to resources that they may need to help address a very specific need or situation going on in their lives. And we do all of that um, without necessarily introducing a gospel message. Now, if someone were to ask us why we cared enough to help them, then we're, we're happy to answer that question with our faith. Mm-hmm. However, we don't usually instigate those conversations ourselves. And because we approach serving people in this manner, we serve a secular purpose first. We without the primary purpose necessarily of our work being to evangelize with our words, we're allowed to work in areas that are traditionally thought of as off-limits to those in quote-unquote ministry. We're able to work legally in schools and government in in areas that oftentimes are off-limits, we think, to uh, to people hmm. of faith. Okay, okay. Well, um, when you're talking about those, you know, people in, in their worst of times, I, I want to say, it was one of the trainers in my IFOC basic class, I think, uh, used the phrase, you know, we're going to be a, a spiritual paramedic. You know, we're going to triage, we're going to, we're going to do some quick intervention, and, and we're going to, we're going to often refer for the long-term, uh, healing. And, um, I thought that was really, really a great way to put that, and I often will refer to myself, uh, in my service as, uh, when I'm introducing myself or trying to tell somebody what I do, I say, well, I'm kind of a spiritual or emotional paramedic, you know, 
And um, I think that's a, I want to say it might have been Gail. <laughs> so, um, yeah. but uh, had some, some great trainers. So, uh, yeah. well, you, you touched a little bit about who can become a chaplain, but, you know, what, what kind of folks, uh, what does it take to, you know, in a person's uh, makeup to, to become a chaplain? I mean, what, who's going to make a good chaplain? Sure, absolutely. So a good chaplain is someone who can listen well. It's someone who can work with someone having a really bad day, and oftentimes we're not sure if we have the confidence to do that or not. I mean, oftentimes before I was a chaplain, I would meet people having a horrible day or have loss in their in their lives, and I wouldn't necessarily know what to say, and sometimes I would say things that I probably shouldn't say. And so <laughs> IFOC's real mission is to is to take Christians who are in churches, who have pastors and who have ministers or priests. And those ministers will often tell their congregants that, you know, don't just be a Christian on Sunday, but be a Christian throughout the entire week as you as you in, interact with people. And so IFOC's real mission is to take those Christians and that may not have a vehicle to do what their pastors want them to do, who may not have the confidence to do that, and to give them practical tools, practical training to help them actually do that well and to step into what God's called them to do uh, Monday through Saturday. And so we give the practical right. tools and training to impact those people that they may already have relationship with and they are, may already have interaction with, but also tools to deploy and help those impacted by disasters and other events. And so... Really, to be a good chaplain just takes the desire to serve people. Um, I, one mm -hmm. of our chaplains locally here where I live, she's been a, a wife of a full-time pastor for 40 years. And mm. she went through the chaplaincy class so that she could, and I quote, finally be in ministry herself. She didn't even recognize it as a pastor's <laughs> wife and all those interactions with congregants over her whole life that she was in ministry. Mm. But now that she was a chaplain, she felt like she had a vehicle that could actually help her impact people, and her chosen area was, was nursing home patients, people wow. who live in, in care facilities. Mm -hmm. And so she finally had the ability to be in ministry to uh, to had a vehicle to help her do that well and from her wow. perspective. She, she could have always done it well, but now she almost had permission to do it. And so that's <laughs> really what IFOC desires to do is to – give people a way to exercise their faith and their desire to help others as the hands and feet of Christ. Right, right. Oh, that's great. I, I just – and one of the reasons that I, I'm interested in, in uh, you know, talking about this is I know so many people that um, they just – they have such compassion for others that are hurting, and they want so desperately to to say the right thing and to to be able to reach out and 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 love on these people, and uh, but I think in this litigious society, they 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 there's a little fear there that they would do something wrong, and so I think something like this uh, just can can help that person, like you say, with the the pastor's wife, really give them the avenue to to uh, to to come out of that shell. And to do what they what their what their Lord is calling them to do. <laughs> so um, I think You're that's right. a I, right. that's a great um, that is super. Well, now are there are there age requirements? I mean, there's obviously going to be training 
to be done? Are there are there things that that we have to uh, uh, kind of abide by in terms of, of ages to, to do this kind of training and get into this work? Certainly. So chaplains sometimes work in, in areas like human trafficking and disaster response that have inherent risks with them or that aren't necessarily appropriate for, for children. So to be a fully okay. licensed chaplain, you need to be 18 years old or older. However, we do have a cadet program that offers those aged 15 to 17 to work alongside their parents and guardians with supervision and to, to actually work as a chaplain in their own areas of influence and along with their parents or guardians. And then when mm. they turn 18, they transition into their own chaplain license and can then wow. go off and do chaplain work on their own as well. And so we do have right. that bridge program for age-appropriate um, teenagers mm-hmm. to also mm-hmm. engage in chaplaincy. Sure. Well, I think about uh, I've met many kids that uh, have been real active, for instance, in, in fellowship of Christian athletes, and and they just have a real heart for the Lord, and and you can just tell that they, you know, they just have that that spirit about them, and and I can just imagine that they would, you know, if they if they had a desire to serve in that way, that the, the cadet program would be a great you know route for them. Um, and uh, now you mentioned that that's with parents. Dude, can they can they work with another chaplain? And if there's a if there's another chaplain in their community, can they can they work under those kind of guidance, or is it strictly sure. for for a family unit? So the the first two cadets in IFOC were actually mine and my wife's two teenage sons, and <laughs> the chaplain program was really created out of a, out of a desire to to not leave them at home whenever me and her left to go do chaplain work. They wanted to be okay. engaged. They wanted to, to help and do similar things. And so we, we okay. approached that question with, of course, the, the litigious society that we're in, our insurance company. Right. So the the feedback we got from them is it needs to be parental or with with a parental waiver, signed waiver, we can also allow okay. grandparents to, to be that supervising party. Because sometimes chaplain work gets very personal in other people's lives. Sometimes right, people are right. need more than just listening and the normal interventions. Maybe they're they're wrestling with suicidal thoughts and things like that. And so, sure, um, parents have the ability to regulate what their children are exposed to better than anyone else. And when we mm-hmm. give that proxy right to someone else that's not a parent or a grandparent, then the opportunity to not handle those children in the way that their parents would wish uh, comes into play. And so we do restrict it to parents sure. or grandparents with an appropriate waiver. Sure. That, that's understandable. Very good. Very good. Well, you mentioned a few minutes ago that really one of the primary purposes is is to train and, and credential uh, folks who, who want to do this work. Um, and and um, I know myself, I've, I've been through the basic training and have actually done a few additional training pieces, but but tell our listeners a little bit about about the training and, and what it what it means and, and under the current circumstances, uh, you know how how can how can people uh, get through the training and and uh, go on to to apply to be a to be a, a credentialed chaplain. Certainly. So the IFOC chaplain training is a forty hour course. It's traditionally been offered as an in person class or in person seminar Monday through Friday eight to five kind of a class. And we have those throughout the nation. Obviously, with COVID, we had to 
adapt a little bit this last year. And so our chaplain course is now also offered online, uh, where students okay. do the same training classes that they would in person, but they actually get a larger variety of instructors that are teaching in the areas that they specialize in. And so you actually have a wider variety of people online. And you do have at the end of that a four-hour training session that's a virtual, that's like a webinar, an interactive webinar that's required mm-hmm. to go through to that, into that program. The online class can be done uh, in as few as a week or uh, at max it's 31 days to complete okay. that program. And so that's kind of okay. the beginning. How do you how do you get into class? You can go to our website and find the in-person courses or register for an online course. And after you finish that, um, someone, a student, would receive a certificate of training saying they attended that that course, which is one of the requirements that's necessary to apply for chaplain credentials with IFOC. And so after the class, IFOC does license and ordain some individuals that meet the minister's requirements for each level of credentialing. All of our chaplains are licensed. Some are also ordained. So after you Turning your application for credentials, we schedule an interview with the, with the applicant and a member of our credentialing committee. And after that interview, the credentialing committee makes a decision on whether the applicant meets our licensing and possibly ordination uh, standards. If accepted, mm-hmm. the application is granted a license um, or license and ordination. And they become covered by our errors and omissions insurance policy, which covers them as long as they're performing chaplain activities that we taught in the program and are mm-hmm. identified in accordance with our uniform policy, and we encourage them to keep keep advancing their training. In fact, at the end of the month, we're releasing an advanced chaplain credential that will uh, coincide with a ability to get an academic from a, a accredited university uh, credential associated mm-hmm. with it as well for those people who wish to go beyond yeah. the regular training. So that program will be released very soon as well. Hmm. Very good, very good. So it takes um, – it's going to take a little bit of work uh, as, uh, you know, going through the training and then the application process to to become credentialed. And um, so uh, over a course of, of a couple of months, and uh, I know there's a background check and, and some of those kinds of things. Um, so um, when, when I come out of – when I come out of that, I've, I've got all these things in hand um, – some people probably have a ministry in mind. You know, there's something that they want to do. Um, others may may not really have an idea. Okay, now now what? Um, what are yep. some things, Brian, that that people can do? How what, what can they expect going forward? Um, you know, to to be able to use those skills that they now have polished up a little bit, if you will. Yeah, that's a great question. So. Some people do go into training knowing exactly how they want to serve. I've, I'm a paramedic. I've been through the police academy, I, at least in part. And so I knew that I would be working first responders when I, when I came mm-hmm. out of training. But it always amazes me how many people get started, go through the training, become credentialed, and have no idea why God called them to go through the course. They have no necessarily <laughs> career path, no plan in place, and they struggle with that at first. And so we, every, chaplain that's credentialed with us gets plugged into a group, whether it's a core, which is an in-person group of chaplains working together in a community, or it's a a virtual team for people that live kind of apart from everyone else, to have Mm -hmm. some connection. And those connections can actually help find where it is God's calling you to serve. And 
sometimes it's not even that he's calling you to serve as a uniform chaplain in an official capacity somewhere. You know, we think of a police chaplain mm-hmm. or we think mm-hmm. of a hospital chaplain, but more often than not, most of most impact people have are on the same group of people that they already have influence with, their coworkers, their family, the people sure. they meet in the in the line at Walmart. You know, it, it always amazes me how much chaplain work can be done standing in line at, at Walmart. And so mm-hmm. often we overlook the impact of the, the tools that we get through training and the, the impact on our heart to reach out and actually have engaged people. That, that comes from the chaplain training. And so, well, some people may go for employment and may find employment in a hospital or a hospice or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Many people choose to remain volunteers. And right. it's important to know that chaplaincy is not like one more thing to put on your plate. Uh, people who have a desire to serve people are already serving in ministries. They're already working and they're already busy. This isn't just one more thing. This this is the plate. It's the perspective that you then look at everything you're currently doing from and how you can do those things better and walk with people that are having a bad day. Likely our chaplains are were already the people that their coworkers came and talked to on break because they're having a bad day. Well, now they're empowered with training and education and mm-hmm. experience to help them do that better and be more practical in the way that they that they help people. Right. That's very good. I, yeah, that's that's right on. I, um, you know, I went into and established a ministry and and it took me it took me months and months and months to to break into uh, you know, serving uh, where I currently serve as a chaplain with a, with a sheriff's department, and um, you know, I think the tipping point was was coming back with some of the critical incident stress management training. Um, you know, yes. so uh, and you, you talked a little bit about going on and some uh, some advanced training and all, and I think those things are were important if if you want to do something like that and serve in a capacity. With somebody, I think I think what you said about the, you know, some of those other trainings uh, are real real important. Um, and uh, I know, um, you know, folks that might want to deploy with their corps to um, to disasters, there, there's some FEMA training that that you that you need to be able to do. And and I know IFOC kind of outlines all that for people. So, you know, if that's if that's kind of where their heart is. You know, to go into those natural disaster areas, um, you know, this training is the is the groundwork, and then you have some some other things to get, you know, in order to pursue, you know, some of those kind of actions. So, um, you know, I think that's a so so there are other organizations where we can where a chaplain can can get these trainings, right? I mean, um, that they may not be associated necessarily with IFOC. Yeah, so IFOC chaplains uh, built a foundation for you to start from. Um, ICISF has additional trainings, which is the International uh, Critical Incident Stress Management Foundation. Mm-hmm. And then there are also other deployment agencies. And many of our chaplains aren't just chaplains with us, but they also partner with other agencies like a Billy Graham Rapid Response, Southern Baptist Deployment, right. Convoy of Hope. You know, if you're a single mm-hmm. chaplain and you want to go deploy into a disaster, we, we would like to help get you connected with some of these agencies, but that's their mm-hmm. specialty. That's what they do. They, they pick up people right. and they fly them and drop them in disaster zones. 
and we're mm-hmm. proud to partner mm-hmm. with them. Many of them recognize our training as foundational, and so um, mm-hmm. with some specific mm-hmm. training for their for their agency, they'll be happy to let you deploy. Uh, in some circumstances, IFOC may deploy. Uh, we're building mm-hmm. those deployment-type uh, resources, not trying to replicate what other good uh, ministries right. do, but in, in our own flavor um, as well, mm-hmm. uh, mostly mm-hmm. around critical incident stress management-type stuff. Right. So we have right. many chaplains who work in many different areas. We have many chaplains who are also licensed ministers uh, within their own churches mm-hmm. and denominations that they switch hats when they leave the church and engage people in the schools or in government, mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. And so right. we definitely right. encourage partnership. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we just want, we want to begin to wrap up, and I guess, uh, you know, one one way to uh, to look at it, you know, my, my podcast, I'm located in South Carolina, uh, kind of towards the upstate, and, you know, most of my listeners are probably in this area. So um, you mentioned the core and then the virtual teams. So, of course, in, in our area, uh, there's the South Carolina virtual team, and then there's the Metro Lina chaplains. So if somebody's near Charlotte metropolitan area, they can get connected with some resource folks there. Um, uh, Chaplain Ken Nelson and, and his core, uh, they've got a great, um, you know, great organization there and, uh, they do some things and they're both kind of, a lot of them are in South Carolina as well as, as folks in the North Carolina side. So, um, so for listeners out there, um, IFOC can, can connect you with our, our South Carolina team of which I currently serve as the, as the team leader. So, uh, full disclosure there. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping to uh, recruit some folks uh, that might be listening to International Fellowship of Chaplains. And uh, Brian has given us some great information today about uh, about uh, who is a chaplain, who can become a chaplain, uh, some a little bit about the trainings and et cetera. So um, I hope that uh, I hope that there might be somebody out there that is saying, you know, I need to I need to look into this a little bit. So uh, so anything, uh, anything to wrap up, uh, Brian? Any words of wisdom for us today? Well, I can do my best. So if you have questions about chaplaincy, please go out to the website at www.ifoc.org or give us a call at 254-314-2159. And if you have a desire to serve people, as we look around at our world today, that's a, a bit more chaotic than it has been in recent years, and mm-hmm. there is a need for the church to be the church. And by that I mean to leave, not leave, but to go outside of the four walls of our church and impact a world that will never likely come into those four walls on their own. And take a look at chaplaincy. Uh, It's a calling much like a a minister is. It's a calling to be a chaplain simply means you have a desire to love people the way Jesus loved people and to minister the way that he did, to serve people where they need help now and then when they respond, to be willing to, to introduce him to them as they see fit. We really work, you know, I've heard it said that some plant, some water, some harvest, we more often than not are in the, the planting and the uh, the water inside of things. Sometimes we get to harvest mm-hmm. people, but more often than not, we work with helping people keep their hearts whole so that they can be impacted either now or at a future time by someone else. And so if that's speaking to you, learn a little bit more about chaplaincy, visit our website, and call and speak with our folks. They'd love to chat with you.
That's great. That is great. We uh, we hope there'll there'll be some folks that will will hear that call to action. Well, Brian, thank you very much uh, coming to us uh, from uh, from the great state of Texas, and uh, I hope uh, I hope everything goes well uh, in this year uh, for IFOC, and I look forward to continuing to serve uh, uh, in my capacities uh, for the South Carolina virtual team as well as uh, uh, local ministry uh, that I do. And um, uh, we just we welcome folks into the fellowship, and and uh, we we appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you so much, Brian. My pleasure. Have a great day. Thank you for having me. Thank you once again for joining us today on Training for Godliness, the podcast program of Spiritual Fitness Ministries. Many thanks to Brian for joining us and sharing how to travel the path to becoming a credentialed chaplain. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast so you can easily find us. Remember, his steadfast love endures forever. Until next time, this is Chaplain Gray.